That's what I love to hear. All right, you wonderful wizards and people. I am honored and happy to welcome to the Woo Woo podcast uh, a brother of mine, Chad Duncan, who is a philosopher, a mystic in his own right, and a eternal academic, the sciences of life. And uh, yeah, you people are friggin' lucky because it's going to be a fun conversation. Let's get it. Thank you so and much. On, my brothers and sisters. He's Mr. Aunties and uncles, monks, Kabbalists, wizards, mystics, sons and daughters of God. Welcome to Mr. Woo Woo. Hey, fucking right. Welcome to Mr. Woo Woo Podcast, everybody. I hope your week has been fun. Hope it's been enlightening. Uh, I got an awesome guest here, Chad Duncan, and um, I always had the best conversations with this guy, man. We were already chopping it up before uh this one but it was too controversial for the podcast we had to we'd have been like fuck man we got to edit all this shit out because <laughs> that's how deep we go folks Thanks like joey diaz i really appreciate it hell yeah man so stoked to be here man just hanging back it's like you haven't i haven't seen you in like years but it's like that's how it always is with you man when i when i come back it's always like just pick up right where we left off and absolutely it's phenomenal it's phenomenal brother from another mother yeah, yeah. All these mothers, man. This mother shout out to the mothers out there lifting tons of weight, you know, with well, as we look on. <laughs> <laughs> as we look on and take partial credit and get to be the fun parent. That's 100% true. Yeah, that's, that's my life. That's your life now, man. And uh when I met Chad, he, you know, was a single bachelor man, but now he's he's got a family of his own and three children, and he's the king of his house. And it's a beautiful thing, man. I like to call it just add water, instant family. Just add water, instant family. When you find the one, you find the one. That's true. You know, it's kind of like Neo, but less, you know, <laughs> you just, <laughs> that's, whoa. I totally found the right girl, bro. I finally found her. She's a fucking <laughs> unicorn, bro. <laughs> and that's honestly kind of how it feels like when you do. Like, did you instantly, when you were like with her, did you like, I'm, I'm at the game. Like I'm get, I'm taking my game pieces off. I'm good. We had a, let's see. Uh, I did what I said I'd never do or mom said never do. I met her, uh, at a bar. She just sang karaoke. Okay. Uh, I went up to her and I said, uh, you did a really good job and I was trying not to be creepy or hit on her. I just wanted to be a, <laughs> so hard not to be dude. Right. I wanted it to be a legitimate <laughs> compliment. So <sighs> I, I, I gave the compliment. I went to walk off and she said. Is that all? And I did an about face, and I went back and sat down, and we traded digits, and then oh. had a hard time linking up for a couple weeks, and then a Halloween party came, and we got drunk enough to kiss in public, and the rest is a beautiful fairy tale. <sighs> drunk kissing in public, guys. I'm sure you remember your first time, <laughs> how wonderful and wet it was. Um, how, how long have you been with her now? It's been three-year anniversary uh, this last September which is by wow. far my longest relationship. Wow, congratulations, man. Thank you so much. And many, many more years ahead. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Well, we both work really hard at it, so. You got to. You got to. I wish it was all sunshine, rainbows, and play. But, you know, it's, it doesn't seem like a constant recalibration with communication. And you have a thousand percent more on your hands now being a father than, <laughs> than I do. Yeah, you know, there's... <laughs> <laughs> it's almost unfair, dude. There's a... Uh... There's a lot of responsibility to the dad part, um, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I've always kind of been a grown-up kid. You always and were, dude. So now I kind of have 
playmates, you know, because uh, I didn't, I thought I had a good metabolism, but then all my friends got jobs and wives, and I realized I was just playing games and throwing the football and wrestling all day long, and that's why I was strong and thin. Right. You know? so, <laughs> a lot of activity. Yeah. So now I have uh, some kids who have constant energy, run me around, and, and uh, I would have quite a few more LBs if it wasn't for those little <sighs> rascals. Like, yeah, I'm sure, man. Like, the just you think about what you have to do next is like a constant like calorie burner <laughs> yeah right yeah but they're full of joy and um you know even when they're down uh you know the emotion that it brings out of you wanting to lift them back up or just be mm. there for them that's uh it's it's pretty intense but you can you can feel it resonating in your heart in your soul you know even when they're upset uh you know obviously there's times where you know, maybe they're upset about something that you don't think they should be upset about, and they're just being little brats, but it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> and even then, uh, when you find the, um, the self-control to, to go through it and talk them out of it and to not get mad with them, oh. it helps you build your own uh, strength of character and, and patience and all that virtuous stuff. Do you think that being, you know, having many years as a bartender and like listening to people and reading like their intoxication levels and their preferences and getting like subconscious cues like that kind of prepared you for these many variables that come up in parenting? Yes. Also, every social situation ever. Every right? social like situation all, ever. Everything that you just said <laughs> about the the cues and the, the reading somebody's, uh, do they want to be talked to, not talked to. Uh, but yeah, it for sure helps with kids with the with the patience, you know. And you can always you can always use uh, your worst experiences in any job to balance out. Okay, well, right. in particular, these people are arguing and they're 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 running amok and they're testing my last patience. But at least they're not excuse me. At least they're not fighting and at least they're not throwing up. Yeah, you know, dude. Right? Like, yeah, my my forays as a busser at Red Lobster were plenty of that when people would be vomiting there, as you might have heard in the last podcast about that extra butter and all you can eat crab and all you can eat shrimp. And then they eat more not, that blew my mind. Not not a sponsor. Oh, dude, people would be there to queue up with their families because and and I took it from this perspective, and I had no right to talk because I was like in abject poverty pretty much while at that stage of my life, mm-hmm. but like people would line up with their families and if you don't have a vast income you bring all your kids and you go we're going to be here for like six hours (laughs) we might eat top ramen at home there might be ketchup sandwiches happening but we're eating crab tonight and anything with crab on it could be crab linguine could be and i'm saying just tables covered with melted butter right and yes, sometimes people like their children just just bob on for it. Yeah, could you clean that up? And by the way, like we're gonna still be here another three hours. I'm gonna need more crab legs at this table. Wow. And I'd be like, Yeah, you got it, man. Um, knew I should have stayed at Outback. Actually, I got I got fired from Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> I should I should keep it real, dude. I, I smoked weed with a kitchen with a with a cook on a trash run, mm-hmm. and this little prissy bastard that I think his name was Kevin, this mm. red haired guy. You know, just a rules stickler. You know, wouldn't stay after, and everybody used to smoke cigarettes inside. You should know when you close a restaurant Everyone's and everyone's smoking. gone, the kitchen staff, the waiting staff, and the manager will start freak pouring beers. We'll take the little coasters and create little cigarette <laughs> ashtrays out of them, and they will smoke and drink in that restaurant that you just enjoyed all night and they enjoy the fuck out of it. This guy did not participate in those kind of social affairs and he right. would go home to a very bitchy woman. 
And he was over the moon catching me because <laughs> he hated my guts and catching me and firing me. He let me work a few more shifts, which I think I could have Ooh. sued him for. Yeah, that's illegal. I know. I, you know, I was just too young and dumb to know how to sue people. Right. Uh, or the but he was a super through. prick. Yeah. And uh, I hope that guy's still managing an Outback Steakhouse <laughs> somewhere. Shout out to you, Kevin. That's right, Kevin. We got that stick and bugs out of your ass. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Red Lobster was a, a nightmarish hellscape of polyester. And uh, they, they like never washed the place. You know, and, and I wasn't kidding about like, you know, they're drinking box wine. The dude on the fryer would be on mushrooms. Everybody else would be on mushrooms. Mm. The psychedelic kind, folks. And they would... Like he would be drinking in the bag, like people would just help themselves to box wine and be shit faced and throw it in your, in your seafood that you think is so good and so mm-hmm. expensive and delicate. It's going through a conveyor belt of microwaves and <laughs> not giving a fuckness on the yeah. way to your table. So the only thing you're going to want to eat at Red Lobster is lobster That's very and their cheddar experience. biscuits. Oh. Everyone loves those. those Fuck, are those are so good. I just lived on those. that. No, no, those are those are the pinnacle of yeah. Red Lobster. And, and, you know, don't see me Red Lobster. Go fuck yourself. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the restaurant industry is is pretty gnar. Um, did you did you work restaurants before you Bartending. got behind the bar? Uh, lots of them. Lots and lots and lots of them. I uh, okay. was famous for going to a Chili's, getting hired, <sighs> working there for almost Chili's. a year, uh, following some other job that would change my life and bring me oodles and gobs of money That's deciding that that just didn't happen to work out because of circumstance and not my own fault and going back to a different Chili's. Oh, okay. So, uh, and then <laughs> <laughs> we go back to Chili's. That's right. <laughs> Those fucking ribs, man. Sometimes I'd have a second job at a, a fine dining Italian restaurant or uh, try out working at a Buco de Beppo. Uh, one oh. time. Yeah, I got fired from that one for drug use. Like on the premises, or no. they just be like, "Wow, your eyeballs look dilated," kind of thing. Yeah, more yeah, more like uh, including our GM. Everyone was using drugs. Um, Very common in the restaurant industry. But uh, <laughs> some of us stayed up way too late, uh, weren't allowed to call in, and had to wait tables just as hungover as oh. possibly be, be the next day. Yep. And again, they let us work that shift, and then decided to fire us. Which wow. is illegal. Yeah, you're supposed to it's fire. It's super illegal. On the spot, turn in your apron yeah. and, get, and get the fuck out. Give you money, yeah. But Italians, you know, mm. my people will will squeeze every last drop if they can. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't really want to fuck with them because you don't know who they know. No, correct. You don't want to screw with the Buca de Beppo moth. You never know. Yeah, Buca no, de Beppo means uh, your uncle's basement. Is so, that what it means? So you don't want to end up in your uncle's basement yeah because you might call the contracting crew and you're just part of it you're like jimmy hoffa what the fuck are you doing here be like you used to have a basement but now it's all concrete (laughs) that's strange yeah oh the restaurant industry god good days good old days god i smoked so many cigarettes and there were so many so many like adventures like it used to be really fun back before like wokeness and like people taking like addictive levels of offense to everything everybody else says people used to just lots chop it up lots of lawsuits ruined yeah. it a lot of the people like kevin yeah fucker so many kevin just so many kevins it's like that's kind of like the male karen i think is like yeah. kevins except for karen. kevin bacon you're fucking fantastic that's bro. true you're fantastic. Yeah, the only unredeemable k name is keith i've never met a cool keith in my <laughs> life bro god that I, yeah keith or kevin yeah we got to start that dude that's the new racist name for white males dude what's up keith because have you ever met i've I've actually i've met like one black keith and he was cool right yes 
but different. Don't when it's different. in a white body, mm -hmm. oh my god, you just want to slap the shit out of them. Plus, it's just a hard consonant ending with a. Th and th <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point, dude. And just saying it makes you feel nasty. super uptight, man. Yeah. Super uptight. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, ah oh, misty man. Yeah, These are the too. kind of things. <laughs> These are the kind of things I miss, dude. Well, you haven't started recording yet, have you? Oh, it's been 12 minutes uh, and 30 seconds. It's all been the fantastic. things I've said already. Oh, man. PG. PG at best for this show. Uh, <laughs> um, let me see. I wanted to ask. Oh, you can put it anywhere, man. You can put it on the bench or whatever. Uh, if just you want. hold it. I got more in the fridge. Or I got a couple more down there. It helps with my ADD. I'll just hold it. Oh, okay. Got you. Gotcha. <laughs> were you diagnosed with that formally? Or, you, or were you like, this makes sense to me? Dr. Me decided Dr. that you. everyone that anything, anyone that everyone had said about ADHD, uh, I resonated with. Um, I had a bunch of people who with degrees tell me we would like to test you for this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's good enough. Man, I have some crazy information about that. Yeah? Yes. One of the people that co-teaches that technique that I did on you just uh -huh. now. She used to work as a pharmaceutical like organizer and rep for the NIH. And she worked for the major eight corporations, the major eight pharmaceutical corporations. She was Darth Vader basically. And even my teacher, um, Dr. Bartlett was like, this lady used to serve evil. <laughs> she worked for the pharmaceutical industry and they would elaborate. She said, I was the person who invented the disease ADD and ADHD mm. and she was explaining how when you create a drug compound at the NIH and you see its effects on laboratory rats and on people and they realized that people whose minds would race basically went into um, a, a staid state like you've seen people on Ritalin before mm -hmm. so the drug Ritalin was created and she said and told hundreds of people, like at once, and he makes her tell the story over and over again as yeah. penance. He said, <laughs> he said, basically we found the drug compound and we said, what does this do to people? And they invent diseases. They create a disease to match the story of what the, the drug compound does to people. Oh, that's just good business. So they, they realized, well, people that have attention and they'd already decided they wanted to target kids in particular, and that's when that mass rollout came out and like 20 million kids were, you know, force-fed Ritalin right. and recommended. What people don't know is they create a disease story around what the compound does, and it didn't exist before that she had the idea, oh, well, people that can't focus easily or have, you know, which meditation and yoga can definitely teach one mm. because we don't have that cultural training. Yeah, she so said so many tricks to be able to f like channel the mind and, and keep it in a steady a steady flow mm -hmm. we don't have cultural training like that you know hindus in in india do they have like ten thousand years of yogic science yeah. in america we just constant stimulation and don't know she's like okay so what it does is it allows your attention to either drop or focus so she's like what we'll do is we'll call it attention deficit disorder and for people that are hyperactive we'll add the h there mm. And once, once you create this field of energy and once you, like they even pick the letters of the medicine, like through an occult means, through an, like, like there's a lot of X's or ills in there, like Paxil or, oh, or like. You really messed me up when so, I listened to the podcast about the occult signs and seeing them everywhere. 
Oh yeah, like the sigils. Like, is the whole alphabet maybe some kind of like you know like is every letter <laughs> that we use? Well, alphabet that's its own you know thing like like derivations of the Hebrew alphabet and yeah. and the Greek alphabet in particular and and like how sound creates it. But she they they even make the names of what drugs in an occult way. Mm-hmm. Like they they literally put an X here and an L there, and then they test it, and then there's a field of energy that's created in every single one that's done so when she created adhd and add once it's created it's like a gigantic field of energy and a thought form that the more people that think into it and believe into it it grows like a bubble or like the blob would in the in the movie the blob right so it wasn't a real thing until she created it yeah i could see and then doctors were told oh there's this new because they have to come up with four uh six diseases that like they're literally required as part of the charter for um the medical industry yeah. health the, like the mental health industry and the physical health industry they have to invent like restless leg syndrome not a thing you just have shitty circulation <laughs> stretch more move your fat ass and then boom you know you're gonna be <laughs> it goes away but they were like dying because you eat too much sugar and you only sit down put down the fat back yeah, stand <laughs> up and walk stand That's up right. and walk and stretch you know we, we stop right. farming so everybody's just you know experiencing that but they invented that disease and once doctors and patients start going okay and they all and then i have this i have this it makes that bubble grow every single time that is prescribed believed in or whatever and then they pushed 20 million kids in my generation into pharmaceutical drug use i think we were the last generation where initially when they put it out parents were like that's bs right yeah and so that's why i was blessed because i was on the cusp where i would read things about where people can't see behind the bar, behind here, I, I hit my fingers so that I can focus. You know, I put right. my brain to work somewhere else. Meditation, mm-hmm. yoga, which I wish they taught in schools as oh well. Oh, my God. And one, an, an, another victim that isn't mentioned with all this uh, playing on the hypochondriacs and the, the people with Munchausen system wanting, wanting to give their kids these diseases. Yes. Uh, there's also kids with actual hyperactivity. Yes. You know, right. So there are... Have tons of energy. Yeah. So there, uh, you know... Uh, my life partner now, uh, she would tell stories about um, her oldest, mm-hmm. our 19-year-old, and just how getting him to calm down was impossible. Right. Uh, focus, all those things, and that the medication actually helps. It does. Jojo, right? But so, uh, but she did the opposite of what most parents do is she waited years and tried every other aspect she could think of. Tried every um, avenue. Before she medicated, when so many parents are so quick to jump and medicate. Oh, right? yeah. So I think it's more like a 95-5 of like, you know, something. Sure. Right. Uh, when in extreme, extreme cases, that's yeah. when a drug can come in and offer you a stability that offers your opportunity to learn how to gain control of your emotion and, and your thought. Of, yes. And then you don't need it. Right. I was just saying on my last on my last podcast and to my my last client who is you know ju- she was just um, getting off of like a psychoactive thing, like they they just admitted in a study that all of this the research on antidepressants, for example, mm. like it, it was like the late '90s and early 2000s when folks were told, look, the reason you have these emotions, anxiety, and depression is because of a chemical imbalance. So you need to take this pill so that you can live a normal life. And they just realized in the last couple months that all of that research was bullshit. All of, the, all of it was just made up that it had nothing to do with neurochemistry and that people have been drugging themselves for 20 to 30 years for nothing. 
I mean, other than just drive sales at pharmaceutical industry, it will create a psychotropic effect on your brain and change your brain wavelengths, but not in a way that will ever bring happiness or joy or even like no. full attention and of awareness. You can't do that while on drugs. Personal experience with family members on those drugs, um, or even people at my bar even ended marriages because they become more of a zombie. Yes. Instead of turning off the one thing that they had that they felt like was a problem, it turned everything off, especially some of the things right. that bring normal humans pleasure. And that's creating a problem to fix a problem. It's like, oh, my fingers hurt. I'm going to chop off both arms. Yeah, right. And they're realizing that that neurochemistry was like that had nothing to do with it. And you like watch someone like Sad Guru who's like a really famous yogi in, in India right now. He's like the Yogananda of our age. And he's like, I can cure all of that. I can not only cure your depression and your anxiety with just the yoga I know how to teach you. And he routinely does it. Like schizophrenics come to his thing and he will put them to work in the in the farms and put their feet in soil. He alters the what he calls the elemental balance mm. of them, their earth element, the water, the air, and the fire within them, and then the ether. He's like, once this comes in the coalesce, then you have perfect, the mind will shine forth and you can cure these things. But if you dr use drugs, you'll never be able to access it in a complete way. This is also how they, they use mental health in Japan. Mm. They don't use drugs at all because that prevents, their philosophy is that prevents you from having the mental catharsis, that snap that finally happens, that the ego finally drops down and lets go of that pattern or that, or that compulsion. We therapy here, baby. We don't got time. Just pop, pop a, a pill, pill baby. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that purple pill at, that's son? Right. And that's what I mean. Like the whole, everyone was looking for a quick solution as yeah. opposed to learning discipline, mm -hmm. learning a discipline that will focus their minds. Oh, yeah. Well, yoga for me was extra hard because it takes patience and it takes clearing your mind. And I have an overactive mind. Uh, not, not through any chemical balance, but just like uh, when I wanted to be stronger and faster, when I played football or martial arts, uh, you, you work at it hard enough until it finally clicks mm -hmm. and then you start to enjoy it. My uh, Bernice, uh, she's a, uh, a runner, right? Mm -hmm. And any of you who've run and got past that, that, that mountain, it takes for the first three weeks to where you actually start enjoying it. Right. You know? Yes. Or, or even quitting smoking, which takes about three months. You know, all of those things that take focus and determination and mm. building those characteristics in order to gain you that strength have mm -hmm. uh, laid by the wayside so you can just uh, pop a pill and, and go. Yeah, substitutes also can be a problem. I mean, I'll use smoking cigarettes as, as like an example for that. It took me three weeks well, to do that, and that's because of the avenue of approach that I took, which was cold turkey, and I read a book called The Easy Way to Stop Smoking Cigarettes by Jordan Alan Carr. That. That's right. And he goes against the philosophy of using substitutes. He said the reason he couldn't kick the habit for 30 years, and he smoked 100 a day, wow. every day, for 30 straight years, and he tried every method and failed at every method to get off, and he found that, like, that's why his expertise at failing, like you'd mentioned failure is success, mm. he failed every possible way. We found the only successful way you can get rid of it is nicotine is the fulcrum. Nicotine is the culprit. If you use nicotine gum, if you use nicotine patches, you're only prolonging how long it takes for you to get off. And weaning yourself doesn't kill the demon. It just kind of starves it a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
but he had two philosophies and that one is it only takes three weeks for all the nicotine to finally circle out of your system it, it go every hour you smoke a cigarette after that by halves is the nicotine level so it drops very rapidly wow. in the body and every time it drops another level it calls for another cigarette you know even louder and louder it can oh, yell yeah. like it will make you irritable and all these things but hey, he's, everything about yourself that you hate so that you go and smoke, stress out and go smoke that cigarette. Yes. And I mean, once you read his book, though, he shows you that cigarettes don't bring you a fucking thing, for one. Right. Two, that the Doberman that you're hearing in your mind is actually a Chihuahua. It's a much smaller demon than you think it is. And it's just trying to trick you into that one cigarette because it needs that nicotine in order for that boost to happen. But by after three weeks, you are actually a non-smoker. But you have to re-identify, and we were talking about identity mm -hmm. and psychological identity. Being you, we, once you realize, like, oh no, I don't smoke a cigarette because I'm a non-smoker now. Right. And you realize, and you just have the one phrase. You 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 say thank you, like every time you see a cigarette and the, you feel that pull, you go, oh thank God, I'm a non-smoker. Yeah. Because he lays out exactly what it's doing to you and exactly how little benefit it's actually giving you, which is zero. Power of gratefulness. Gratitude hub. And so you're identifying as a non-smoker. That's important. Then you say, thank you. Thank God I'm a non-smoker. And then you follow the phrase, there's no such thing as just one cigarette. Mm -mm. Once you get that hit back, it'd be the same as if you went to AA for seven years and you just had one shot of tequila. There's not going to be just one shot. Throw that chip in the toilet. Forget it. Yeah. You throw your chip in the toilet and flush that motherfucker. Because that's, that's, it's exactly the same kind of concept. So it's a real... Part of it's re-identification, gratitude, and then just staying away from the stimulus and because, you know, even just the slightest stimulus will bring you right back. Don't buy a pack. Into that. Don't buy a pack. Don't borrow one. You see someone smoking it, and you go, oh, ah, I already know what's happening to that dude. I know why he's hitting that thing. It looks like he's enjoying it. Yeah. But, you know, and after three, we after three weeks, I realized, like, holy shit, I'm a non-smoker. And then it, it, there, I was waiting for these waves of animosity and, and the things that you normally have when you wean yourself off of it. They were just completely absent. I just went on with my life enjoying being a non-smoker. That's fantastic. So it just, it, it can, there are, there's so many ways and, and means and philosophies of approaching uh, well-being. And uh, especially we were saying, what, what type of yoga did you end up doing? Um, I, I mostly do uh, the P90X you know, try to get fast, get stronger. Ah. Um, but when I decide to not keep up with the pace of the show anymore, because I know mm -hmm. uh, what I, what I want to do and how to do it, I, I linger with the things that work best for me. Uh, I also do the the five rights that you brought into my life, uh, Ooh, yeah. which is which is my short. I don't necessarily have time for the full yoga thing today, and that that is uh, as similar as what I used to say. Um, when I was more of an athlete is you only need 10 push-ups a day, you know, and so now Brilliant. it's evolved into the, the, the five rights. Um, that's because the yoga push-up, you know, when I, when I used to make fun of people that did yoga, right. uh, now I'm one of those people and, and my defense is, okay, let me see your push-up. All right, well, check out my yoga push-up. You know, it's like the Hindu push-ups, right? Yeah. Are, you, are you swerving in between, like you know, it's almost like a wrestler's push-up, but you're kind of like swooping down and like up, up, up until up, almost up like dog, a downward dog. And if you want to do a push-up, kind in of the a middle. plank and cobra, yes. and then you push yourself back up into downward dog. Yes, they used to call that the Hindu push-up. That's and cool. It's, you know, and that's that's a very powerful. Bruce Lee used to do that. Oh, that, that he's the man. 
Yeah, he used to do Hindu squats and Hindu push-ups as part of his workout regime because they will test the full range of motion for your uh, strength and <laughs> for every your strength. ligament. And every ligament, right? That's At right. every angle of the ligament, too, because right. it's jamming this way, and then it's out this way and jamming that way. <laughs> and you were saying to me earlier that you had recommended <clears throat> to a group of students to do 10 push-ups a day? Yeah, when I was at Santa Monica College, I was in the astronomy club. Uh, I'm an older student. I'm still a student, you know, just like uh, Chris Farley said. Uh, it's okay to be in school for eight years. Yeah, they're called doctors. Yeah. <laughs> God, if I was rich, I would too. Oh, I, yeah, if I was <laughs> All rich, the doctorates. I would travel the world going to school in different countries Dude. and just keep doing it. That That's that's my dream. But <laughs> I mean, socially won't. looked down upon, which is fine. It doesn't bother me. But, uh, yeah, so I had a, an astronomy club, a bunch of kids. Uh, I'm an older student, plus blessed with the wisdom of other people's failures and bartending and, mm-hmm. and um, absorbing what not to do with your life so you don't end up I'm like the same way, dude. Yeah. That's why we get along. <laughs> Academics and we just observe what not to do. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, it goes Save us so much bullshit. It goes a long way, Bro. that's right. And so, you know, uh, some kids would come and ask me, especially the male kids, how do I get this girl to like me? And I'd start off and uh-huh. I'd say, well, you're not a comic book villain, so you cannot make her like you. Awesome step distinction one. to tell them. Right. <laughs> step number one. What pill could I give this girl? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wrong method, bro. Right, yeah. How do, how do I mold myself into what I think she wants by being a psychic, reading her mind, and then changing every aspect of myself to still not make someone like you? you know, right, right. Beating your head against a wall. Uh, nothing but self-destruction and emotional anxiety follows down that path. Yeah. So... I would say, number one, you're not a comic book villain. You can't make her like you. Number two, 10 push-ups a day won't make her like you, but you will see the difference. You will feel the difference. And maybe you can't start with 10. You work up to it. And in a short period of time, month, month and a half, which to, you know, a young a young person is forever. But still, if, right. you, if, if actually... You when you're old, you're young. Right. Uh, but if, if you do it, you'll feel better, and somebody uh, who who is maybe a match for you will notice, or so people will compliment you at the very least, and it will make you uh, feel better. So first, I would try to alter their um, their intention of what it is that they're trying to do. Right. You know, and and show that the the uh, that that is not. Um, that's not a good road to go down trying to make someone like you or try to, uh, right. And that's the wrong, even the wrong phrase. Like people don't realize they're already creating a a mental circle that they're getting entangled with. And, uh, yeah, physical exercise. I always tell folks like, dude, if God didn't bless you with, you know, the parts that you want or the body you wanted, if you're a guy, if you're a guy, um, the gym is, is tits that you don't have to go to surgery for. (laughs) You can do push-ups, you can do sit-ups, pull-ups, and uh, squats, and you will have a rocking body, mm-hmm. period. Yep. But you got to do it. You got to do it every day or every other day. Be your own sculptor. Be your own sculptor, and then your confidence, your confidence will grow if you have that. And believe me, girls love confidence. Right. Same thing with the difficulties of, of mental growth, uh, <sighs> overcoming any kind of addiction we're just talking about. Right. You know, Compulsions. It's, it's all work and it's all worth it, but you don't get to see it until you, you've done the work. Right. And that's, right. that's something that's harder and harder to communicate these days is 
Everyone wants it now, dude. Instant gratification, right? Instant. Yeah. How do I make this girl go home with me at the bar? And it's like, people don't realize, dude, if you were genuine, you know, just like you were with, with your gal, mm-hmm. and just be like, hey, what's up, straight up, and you just treat them like a person, my friends, that does lead to loving. Yeah, that's right. Girls have a detector when your intention is sex, and they immediately go, oh, hell no. And if they want to have sex with you, they're going to make you work for it. Even if you're the hotter person, even if (laughs) they're going to be like, well, I know that's what he's coming for. So I at least got to make him, you know, work for it. Girls are psychic as hell, bro. Nothing that's easy is worth it. And everything that takes work is. Yeah, a girl you're just trying to take home immediately isn't exactly... It doesn't always act, work out as wonderfully as it does for you, man. And believe me, we've had a, a few a few mistakes in that department up and down the block. But, dudes, if you're having a problem, you can work out. That'll give you stamina and and friggin' you know confidence. So you, you'll be able to take rejection well mm-hmm. if it happens, which is part of life. Don't take it as rejection. It's more like a we're not compatible. You know. Oh yeah. If you want to be different, if you want to do something different, try being genuine. Oh, my God. Because that's pretty rare. Here's a pickup line. Hi, I'm Joshua. What's your name? Right. <laughs> Whoa. Don't drug them. Don't take them immediately for a cocktail. Right. See, they make them work for that. And then be polite and then be like, hey, what, are you, what have you been drinking? You know? I wonder if pinching some random stranger's ass actually ever worked. I don't know, but after like seven drinks, people sometimes default Still to like, trying. you know, that girl wants, she wants it. Oh, Pinchy pinch. Pinchy pinch. Maybe start by reading a book about females yes. who are strong and, and, and actually learning what women actually like. Start there before you even go to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys some tips right now. And uh, Chad's going to give his uh, secret formula too. For sure. Uh, because uh, I'm sure there's a few gentlemen listening that are like, well, how do I, you know, create a, a happy. And I have like, dude. As, as perfect a relationship as I've ever had in my life, as, as few arguments as you could ever have, just bliss, basically. But, like, my partner and I, like, we, we do very unique things. Uh, and you can do this, too. This is already after you found a wonderful person. <laughs> <laughs> and no offense, you know, no offense to my love, but, you know, I was in the friend zone for two years. Sometimes oh, you yeah. just got to be patient, bro. And you can just be that, you know, in case of, you know, emergency break. Glass for dick, you know, (laughs) come and get some dick, you know, and you just be kind and, you know, you don't have to help them move. You don't have to be a bitch. (laughs) You don't have to be a bitch ass motherfucker, but you can, you know, be a confidant, you know, and if they don't want you, they're going to hook you up with their friends and give you a whole supply of of ladies to hang out with. That's very true. (sighs) Having having girls who are friends that other women are around you, that trust you, that you can listen, that you don't have to talk about yourself all the time. Gatekeepers. Yeah, exactly. You know. Uh. Well, one thing I do when I, I fall asleep with my lady, we hold hands when we um, when we go to sleep. I know. Oh my god! But it's it's such a wonderful and the key is to bring intimacy into your relationship as often as you can. But it has it can't be hokey and like fine. You know, like like yeah. an obligatory like fun. I'll hold your hand at the fair, dude. You're at the fair. You're on yeah. a date. That shit's romantic. Yes. Hold their hand. As often as possible. Uh, I do while falling asleep. We call it ottering, which makes it disgustingly cute <laughs> because otters fall asleep holding hands. We also shower together. And I know I've had girlfriends, get out, I need this in my shower time and all this stuff. 
they're gone now (laughs) and probably still as miserable as they were back then. Shower together. Wash her back. Wash her hair. It's intimate. It's wonderful. And uh, sometimes it leads to other fantastic, fantastic activity. Um, Many things I didn't know I liked. I didn't like uh, to cuddle. At least Cuddling, not very bro. often. Maybe if you were cold. But uh, if she... <laughs> Get <laughs> in that cuddlery drawer, motherfucker. Let's go. I'm about to freeze to death. No, uh, yeah. but now if we're not wrapped up like pretzels or if we have to be away from each other, uh, my sleep isn't as good. I actually had insomnia my whole life. Uh, and wow. when she goes to sleep, I go to sleep. We're very in sync. Uh, wow. We, we like to hold That's hands beautiful. in the car. Uh, you know, we don't gross out the kids. But, you know, we, we, d- we do dance in the kitchen. We play music a lot. Dance together. Yes, bro. Yes. That's fucking amazing. I just got her flowers the other day because she said she hadn't had flowers in a while. But we both have bad memories, so I had to remind her how often she gets flowers. Take hints, boys. They're yeah. always giving you how to, like, enjoy the clitoris or how to, like, yeah. you know, be like, what do you like? Just be straight up. What do you like? And when they say, you know, it's been a while since I have flowers. That is a red flag memo being thrown into your inbox, bro. Right. Like, I would like some beauty in my life, and it's been a while since you get, oh. Because somebody will give her flowers if you don't. If you don't, someone will. That's I even right. got that from Nick Offerman. Like, he said, like, you know, give her a flower. I've, phenomenal. Phenomenal gentleman. Uh, one day, I, I can't wait to interview him. And uh, he's like, I just take a, a piece of paper, I fold it into four, and I write, I love you. And I put like just a flower and I tape it on there. And his wife, Lizzie's like, you just got to do stuff like that. He said, relationships are like pruning a hedge, like a bonsai tree. You got to attend to it every day. Mm-hmm. And you have to put in energy and and give things that, that they care about. Yep. Listen, and listening, oh my God, that's so huge. If you just shut your mouth and let a girl just say what's up with her, she will fall in love with you. That's, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> So yeah. few guys do that. And and listening is also active listening. So you have to, you can't just zone out. You know, you have to hit the mm-hmm. cues when you should say, mm-hmm. Pause your fucking Xbox. That's right. Maybe put down the controller. Maybe put on a game that she enjoys. And respond with, oh, really? Oh, that's crazy, babe. And How about a follow-up? Yeah, right. <laughs> How about a follow-up question, Barbara Walters? Yeah. <laughs> no, let's oh not God. ignore the... Uh, the also how to, how to get a woman like that, and that's self-worth, too, because right. you, you can have women in your life that you listen to and you get flowers to, mm-hmm. and they don't treat you well. They don't take cues from you, but you're just so enamored with them that you feel like you, uh, I, I can suck hind tit here for quite a while, and right. I'll just stay here, and and I, I can handle this. Yeah, don't forget to, to love yourself or else nobody else will love you. I know it sounds cheesy and it's overused. It's true. It's That's how true. I got with Abby. Yeah, there we go. I, it didn't happen until I did literally a cheesy metaphysical exercise of Louise Hayes. It said, stand in front of a mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself mm. uh, as many times as you can stand it. A thousand times would be ideal. And I was just like, you know, I think maybe I've been failing in all these relationships because I've been trying to fulfill my sense of self-worth by being a boyfriend to these people and it always ends up being like like they're trying to fill a space in me yep. and it's not the responsibility to like make me feel good right yeah. and I'm, I'm trying to make them feel good is like how i feel good so i was like i clearly don't love myself whoa so i stepped in front of the mirror and was just like fuck all right <laughs> and looked myself in the eyes and said i love you dude 
I love you. I love you. And it, you know, and you'll be sarcastic for about 50 times right. to a hundred. Actually hear it and feel it. It's, it's reshaping. Dude. When I reached like 500, 700, I was like, fuck bitches. You know, I guess I didn't mean exactly that way, girls. Yeah. But I was just like, I don't give a fuck. And I actually took a vow of celibacy at that mm-hmm. point off. Like, and it was around the time I quit smoking cigarettes the final time. I said, I'm not going to drink, smoke, smoke weed. And I'm swearing off women until wow. the new year. Big four. And that was, yeah, the big four, man. The big four, no sins of onan. Yeah. I was just like, God, I swear to you, I'm going to just cleanse myself out and you know, nothing. And then of course I meet my girl in October. She tells me she wants me in November and I got to tell her the girl of my dreams. Yeah. You got to wait till the first, you got to wait till January 1st because I swear to God and I know better than to fuck around with that. Yeah. Once you, once you like, I swear to God and you mean it, um, always a bad idea to break that. You break promises to yourself. No, or especially the source of creation. Fair enough. And I was like, <laughs> I really, you know, and I'm already imagining her with other dudes. I'm like, oh my God, shit. And she's like, no, no, I'll wait. And I was like, holy shit, that's, that's, this is crazy. And she said, by the way, my birthday is January 1st. So midnight then? And I was like, yeah. Woo, 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 yeah. woo. Yeah, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> Bed's broken. Bed's broken. New Year's was amazing. So it's you should follow through with those things. But if you're trying to even, there's two phases, one getting the girl mm. and the other one is keeping her happy. Mm-hmm. The right it's one. not her job to keep you happy. That's right. And, and I mean the right one where you're just like, dude, if this works out, I'm out the game. Yeah. I'm taking my chips and I'm going to no tables. I'm done. There's a lot of work to be done yourself. I think, uh, my self-destructiveness was a little bit more obvious because my person I talked to in the mirror is, uh, my dead twin that died at birth. Oh fuck, man! <laughs> Actually, before birth, uh, I like. Wow. To, I like to joke that I strangled him with my umbilical cord because he was taking all my food. All your food. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So he's jealous that I'm living life, and he likes to say negative things to me. Mm. Right. Haunting you, know? you. Yeah, but that's just my own little fun fantasy. It's just me saying negative stuff to me, and uh, <sighs> and getting over that level of self destructiveness. And no matter who I believed was in that mirror, a me, part of me, family, whatever, when it is me telling me that I, I love that person, I practiced right. looking myself in the eyes and eventually saying it and doing it enough till I really did believe it. Yes. Actually loving myself. You could like feel it in your chest. It's such a good feeling to walk around with, yeah. you know, and I know it can go anything out of balance can go too far, maybe into narcissism or whatever. But if you don't come from self-love, if that's foreign to you, when you discover it, I don't think, unless you've grown so attached to loving, hating yourself, I don't think you'd ever right, want to back. dude. Because I, I do, I do know what it's like also to enjoy destruction or self-destruction. It has you an know. exhilaration to it, right? I'm, I've been a, a stick of wildfire before in my life, and mm. it, it was it has its okay. fun, yeah. But yes, uh, self-love, huge. It's, it's the fundamental, like if you want a long-term relationship to work, if you haven't done that work on yourself, then, then good luck because that person's filling a hole or that you're not willing to fill and it's not their job. Mm-mm. It's not their job to do that. They have enough work to do in themselves. And that's, I think why America's having the divorce crisis that they're, that they're having is they, no one takes the time to work on themselves. Yep. No one's trying to improve themselves or their right. vibration. 
trying to delete their ha- their their connection to the past yeah. and history. Blaming everything but themselves. And Thank not, you. Not taking uh, uh, what's it? Not just responsibility, but uh, what's the word for it when you inventory and like yeah, that's true. they're not taking um, any kind of like that. That's you. You got it. It's responsibility. If if you do that, if you take responsibility and you accept that. Well, not everyone's on the level where they know their mind is creating the reality. That's like such a mm. huge thing. There's that's why I call muggles and wizards. People that are wizards are people that are at least aware that the thoughts that they're projecting out from their brain, if they're negative, <laughs> like that it's actually drawing negative experiences. You're doing this to yourself. You're hitting yourself other. in the head yeah, with a frying right. pan and wondering, Why do I got this headache? <laughs> Look at your hand, bro. I was so excited. I forgot to it. I was so excited when I came here and we turned on the microphones. You said, hey, how are you doing? And I said, just trying not to piss my own martini. Oh, yeah. A few drops <laughs> at a time. A few drops at a time. And most people are drinking urine and calling it a, you know, a sw- that must be the vermouth. Peeing in their own martini. No, no. That's the ghost of your mother's, like, weighing upon you. <laughs> it really resonated with me so much because I love martinis. Dirty, like a good dirty, one. Yeah. Like right? a good one. But you'd be like, after a while, like, is this sour? <laughs> this this Sky Vodka takes a little off. So I tell the kids, well, I tell, used to tell people at the bar when I worked there, which is like the same thing. Yeah. You know what? Now, now, that I, now that I've come full circle to your question, yes, bartending helps with children because right. drunk people are very much like uh, kids. Like you're accessing their inner child yeah. in a way, right? Yeah, no inhibitions. You, know, you don't want to listen to authority. Yeah, so now coming around to it, <laughs> it is like babysitting 50-year-olds. Uh, but I tell them both. Uh, what do I tell them, Josh? I think <laughs> I tell them, like, <laughs> take responsibility for your mind. Oh, personal responsibility. That's right. Uh, I don't trust anyone who says, this wasn't my fault. Because right. I will say, Me even if a meteor falls out of the sky and destroys I, all yes. on the surface, you could have My bad. Right, you could have built a bunker, right? Yeah. There's something you can do about everything, mm-hmm. you know, to to a certain degree. You know, this is uh, the, the less traumatic things. If you live in a war-torn country and people are always shooting at you, there's not much. I can use an example for that, though. Okay. Francis Move. Francis Ngannou, <laughs> okay. the heavyweight champion of the world at the UFC. Huh? He was raised in an African nation. I forget exactly one which, but one where, as a child, he used to shovel sand onto a truck. And that was his only job, shoveling a particular type of sand onto a truck. And his whole village did it. Everyone in the village does it. And they had one television. And while everyone was going like, well, this is it, you know, it's eating crickets and doing whatever we're doing here and being in poverty, <clears throat> that's going to be it. He watched uh, Mike Tyson and he watched um, combat sports and he dreamed and that's the important word. He used his mind to imagine a scenario that has nothing to do with what his current surroundings are. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know what? No matter what happens, I'm going to be a combat fighter. Gonna be a, he thought he was going to be a boxer because he saw Mike Tyson. And then he found out about the UFC. So he like left his village to go try to emigrate to France. And he would have to like cross aspects of the Sahara Desert. And he was caught by French authorities no less than 10 different times. And the French legionnaires don't give a fuck about you. They used to drive him in the middle of the Sahara Desert and drop him off. And he would go, no, I saw my future, which is being a heavyweight champion. All the rest of the people in the village are going the same thing every day, shovel the sand. But he used the law of attraction. He dreamed higher, better than the best he knew. 
and use determination when no one else would have the guts to do this. An amazing story. You can watch it on like the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. And he says, dude, I just kept going. No. And it took him a dozen attempts to emigrate to France. But finally, he was able to find like a boxing gym and a fighting gym. And the rest is history. He was wasn't even the weight that he is now. Wow. Like he he worked out and put on like 60 to 80 pounds of muscle, learned how to throw the hardest punch that's ever been recorded in human history. And he's the heavyweight champion of the world now and a multimillionaire. So when Dave Chappelle goes, oh man, the the law of attraction is insulting. What about people in Africa? They don't. If you have access to a different thought than everybody else, that gives you the window. He also had that David Goggins-like courage to go for it no matter what. It was rejecting him dozen times at, at the risk and peril of his own death and people did die around him and he said no I see myself punching people <laughs> into the next stratosphere and he used his law of attraction to become and now as humble a man as he is and without all that adversity divinity helped him become the heavyweight champion of the world so if you have access to better thoughts than the other people it's it's okay if that that they didn't do that but he's a perfect example of a place where they're like well what about these people mm. they're having it rough a lot of people i've seen mike tyson around the app you know they'd be like in a hut and there'd be a tail on television some of them actually become pro fighters and actually be like they're like i'm gonna do that you can't see that thought and go like i'm gonna go back to shoveling sand because then that's all you're gonna do if you're thinking about that all day every day yeah, that's the but if you think reasons about it, and excuses right yes so most things are excuses if you were born with a deficiency or a heavy handicap uh, i'm sure there are things that can help you some energy healings or some you know medical science somewhere but that is a reason that you maybe couldn't be the ufc fighter there's someone with no legs right. that was banned from competition because having no legs made them faster than the people with legs. Right, so there were very few... Side note, he was a murderer and oh, went to prison, shit. so he also had other thoughts he was dealing with. Oh, that's, so that he went like to a Greek stuff. prison for actually killing his girlfriend. But for the short while, he was an international sensation. Blade legs, mm -hmm. that they even base someone on, like the Kingsman with, you know, the assassin lady. Yeah. He actually had, like, he dreamt, like, no, I'm going to compete. And in that aspect, he was right. He obviously had some other issues going on. He should have worked on. on his mental stuff. He should have worked well. on the murdery thoughts yeah. that he was having it and his anger issues. But unless you kick up on them legs, you ain't going to make it out But yeah, here. but people that are like, no, motherfucker, I think this, those are the people that break through to the next dimension of yeah. potential <clears throat> that we have. Very few reasons, lots of excuses. Yeah, and you were talking about like if a meteor came, I would blame myself for like, oh man, I must have been thinking like disaster. I, I missed the last 7.2 earthquake that was in San Diego because I have an accord with Spirit. I said, look, I'm never going to be here when a natural disaster hits. And like that would, I like that I'd always be somewhere else. When the tsunami came, when the tsunami came, was allegedly from us, uh, I think Sumeria or wherever it is on the other kind, they're like, oh man, it's going to hit the West Coast. I was already on my way to Arizona for a conference to learn energy work. So I found out at four in the morning it was on the way and I was already on the road by 7 a.m. So I wasn't in any danger, had all my belongings in the trunk. Mm. The last earthquake that happened here, I was on a footsie wootsie. If you guys remember that, there are a chair that you put your foot on the bottom and there's a plate that vibrates really fast and makes you feel like vibrations on your feet. Oh. And you just put a couple quarters in, it goes yep. and it, it vibrates real fast. I was literally sitting on one during the earthquake at while I was at the zoo, and I saw people panicking around me. I'm like, what's everybody tripping about? I couldn't feel the vibrations of the earthquake whatsoever. 
This is what I'm talking about. If you believe a thing, it'll be done unto you as you believe. Right. But a lot of people accept other people's very limited and shitty programming. And uh, that leads into our next topic of discussion, mm. which would be belief, faith, and religion. <laughs> I love it. I love, I love it. I love discussing them. I love talking about them because that's the fabric of, I've seen the physics demonstration of what people's belief in a thing can do, whether it's curing themselves of a disease or getting back up off the canvas yeah. or <laughs> just the human potential. The placebo of, effect is real. The placebo effect. Other things are real. The placebo effect, you guys, is, if you're wondering what the cause of that effect is, is mind. Believing it works makes it work. A belief is just a thought you keep thinking. There's measurable science of yeah. finding out that placebo effect is real. If you believe the placebo works, it actually works. Yeah, and they don't even know it's a placebo. They'll be like, oh, is this the medicine? They go, sure is. Yeah. And those folks, like even in FDA testing of drugs, the placebo effect outperforms the main drug that they're that they're testing to the point where they have to dismiss the initial data. Of course. Because 45% of people will get cured with a fake sugar pill and the medicine will only help at best 30% of people. So they disclude that information and then they wait till the second phase or trial. Oh, what are you saying? Uh, like you said earlier, um, the pharmaceutical companies already know how to use the placebo effect in the opposite direction yep. to make you think that you have... Yeah. something to be cured in the first place so if if they can do that and we've proven that they have made up things to be cured about or even saying cigarettes won't kill you or, or whatever it is that make you believe the french don't believe it and their cancer rates are phenomenally lower than ours we have surgeon generals going cigarettes are going to kill you and they're going to fucking kill you fast and france are like fuck you i think it's a meditation and it's it's fantastic and it's a goodness it's a meditative 10 minutes that they're taking mm. their cancer rates. And it might just be the olive oil and garlic use. It could be the olive oil that's keeping <laughs> it keeping those pipes clean. But dude, their cancer rates are astronomically lower than ours in relationship right. Two cigarettes. And they chug just as much. Yeah, well, you're, you, I don't you, think it's harming me. So it didn't. Yeah, you're like me. You'll, uh, you'll give the small caveat possibility. Yes. Right? You know, that's, yes. that's like my first, uh, possibly belief experience, you know? Yeah. I bend physics. Yeah. Bend physics. Well, I think, yeah, that's, uh, geez, maybe I'm coming full circle right now. So uh, you had asked me prior to think about experience. Uh, yeah, just woo-woo stuff that happened to you where you're like, whoa, right. that's trippy. It must have been the actions of spirit. I can't even explain why that happened. Or I do have a small explanation, but it's more likely the big thing, right? Like it's more than likely. Right. Yeah, yeah. The mind will jump in and be like, no, bro, yeah. who's this? You know? <laughs> Just so you all know, we shared I haven't seen you in a long time hug when I first got here. And all the lights around the place that we're <laughs> in, in this facility started to flicker. Yeah, sure, it could have been faulty electrical wire, but the, the timing was perfect. Hug, flicker. Hold, hug, flickering, release, hug, light stop. Light stop. It's love, baby. Yeah, that's right. Love will interrupt electromagnetic frequencies. Right. <laughs> so my first memorable spiritual experience, I'm sure yeah. I had more. Please. Uh, I was raised Mormon, like we talked about. Amazing. They're big into prayer. Uh, there's lots yeah. of faults with the, the Mormon church, but what I took from it, what I needed from it, uh, and I'm not a practicing Mormon anymore, uh, still help me. So if you have a mm. problem with the Mormon church, it's probably not something that I do now all right so right, right. That, that disclaimer moving on 
Uh, I was seven or eight, and we had a tornado come through uh, our part of Plano, Texas. And we had the two neighbors on the, the right and the left come over because we had a brick house. They did not. And all the men, the big, strong men, were trying mm. to hold the front two doors, which one was locked and one opened. And they were both blowing open, and it was like someone was just throwing in buckets of water right. whenever that happened. And we'd all slip and fall down, and even us kids, seven-year-old, were trying to hold it shut. Wow. <clears throat> and I remember thinking, this isn't working. We are screwed, right? Right. So I dropped down to my knees in about an inch of water that was in our front foyer. This is when we, when we had money. So when we, this is when oh, we, the foyer. Yeah, when we built the nice house. You know. Right, right. Uh, and uh, so I was dropped down to my knees, and I started praying as hard as I could. And it wasn't about 15 to 30 seconds that it completely stopped. Now, did I stop Did I stop a tornado? I'd right. say yes. All right. I mean, I'm that woo-woo, man. Like, right. I've, yeah, I mean, logic will be like, well, the weather system must have kind of undid each other. They, and then... they do that. They hop or they stop. Yeah. You know, tornadoes hop and stop. And that's how, that's how I comfort myself so I don't have to deal with all this extreme power that I have. Yeah, I'm just you can kidding. change the weather, baby. <laughs> I think people, dude. I mean, I'm like, when there's heat, heat waves here. Right. Like I look around and there's like Arizona plates everywhere, mm. and I'm like, these folks are brought they the brought heat. their weather system and their expectations <laughs> with them, man. We had a bunch of weather, and then like you'd see a bunch of East Coast plates, or you'd see like Washington plates, and it'd be like, man, I thought it would be nice when I came to visit and all this shit. And I think the weather is a sum total of the expectation of the peoples. However. When you're in spiritual states, you have way more bars. You have way more internet access to God. And it's like I was, I was describing like also the kingdoms of nature um, and how like there's, they're like lion whispers and like they'd be part of a pride of lions and ordinarily get torn apart. And they're like, hey, what's up, Nala? And they're just like petting it because of their mental state. And they like raise these lions. But it's also the same, like, I've had freaky experiences with weather. I, you might have heard the podcast when I was describing Sarah's wedding when it was like there was basically a hurricane <laughs> and she was like, Joshy, <laughs> I know. Do you, if there's anything, you know, with your woo stuff that you can, and other members of her, of her wedding were like, Josh, you know, like if you can, I was like, holy shit, tall order, dude. It's supposed to be a fucking hurricane coming through right. um, Mexico. And I said, look, I'm going to need all of your help. So we're going to do the whole, like one or more gathered kind of aspects of this For prayer. Sure. So we're going to exponentially get on this one. I said, I need all of you to imagine the wedding venue, but we're not only dry, but the sun is out and everyone's remarking how crazy it is that it didn't. And it was a sideways rain driving to the wedding. And then I reached like this bubble and then everything then it lessened. And then by the time we got to the venue, absolutely had stopped. That's so cool. And we partied. It was outside. We like everyone danced. There's electrical cables everywhere. And I was like, dude, this is fucking crazy. Like everyone did it, you know? Yeah. And as we're driving out of the wedding, we, we're starting to drive away from the venue. It starts to mist. Driving away further, we go right back into sideways rain. So there was like a bubble or a column of light just, just over that venue. And I, I spent a lot of, I was be like, how hard do you pray too? You were in danger. Oh, yeah. You are in danger, so you're heightened, your energy's heightened. Mm -hmm. And when your emotions are heightened, you have more power behind your prayers. You ask my parents, I stopped that tornado. You ask me, Honey, I say it was just really good timing. It was a coincidence. But then in my heart, you know. Uh, you know you did. Uh, you know, could have been both things. That's, that's the other thing I have to accept is that, um, 
you know, some people are always saying it's this or it's this. And very often I find myself, well, what happened if a little bit of both is doing the exact same? What you know, yeah. super, super in position, you know, we, you're talking about animals, you're talking about weather. Ever since being raised Mormon and, and learning to be loving and grateful mm-hmm. and starting off with those keys, but having to learn the other things that make other people normal, right? So right. I started off with some pretty powerful tools. Yeah. I started reading about all religions and then all science and animals and whether that's all electromagnetism and that's that's the mind part of it yeah you know there's yeah the mind's all connected through that electromagnetic field another way of saying is that everything's you know responding to thought like there's world religions where it's just everything is mind every particle of energy everything that's just one large divine mind well your brain and your mind is the fulcrum of that which lends to the physics of prayer that that actually the what's described in old scripture you ask divinity whatever that is takes it into consideration and then delivers it based on the congruence of how authentic and how powerful that prayer is and every single religion even ones that weren't aware of one another they also were like oh i also silently ask stuff from the invisible reality and stuff happens <laughs> that's kind of fucking crazy like once oh, you get dude. break the language barrier yeah that's a whole nother podcast if we were to talk about the similarities between religions that supposedly never spoke to each other you know the the, the yeah. floods and the chaos that happened in the beginning and how science is starting to prove similar origin stories too that's what i mean the end of the ice yeah. age just happened in a snap yep and there's so many things that could have heated up the earth and made such a traumatic event to scar everyone that they all wrote down a flood yeah you know atlantis falling (laughs) twelve thousand years ago would be the mythology you know and they'd be like oh like noah basically was navigating the fall of atlantis which Uh, means that the people in the earlier scriptures might have just been atlanteans right well there's there's a netflix special out now uh ancient apocalypse by a guy last name graham and and he goes Dude, um, that guy's awesome. He's he's pretty cool. He's been on Rogan like five times. He's like yeah. writes about ancient civilizations. I, I, I like him. In the, he's good in the, theories, but I don't think he's accurate a lot. Right. So yeah, exactly. And then he and comes then, to conclusions. Uh, of course, with people like this who want to prove their own theories and not not necessarily open minded, they have a lot of good information. But then they'll relate their research to somebody else who was like an 1890s like racist and then easy and then yeah and then easily get discredited like all atlanteans were white and it's like oh man you ruined it according to <laughs> disney they're beige right exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to fuck with Walt's metaphysics no, you, do. you can now yeah but uh <laughs> i'm talking old school disney when they thought the singing crows was like this is progressive like we're <laughs> I bet that shit was progressive as hell, like back in the day, like when they were like, yeah, dude, like we're going to put Italians in our thing with Lady and the Tramp and the Joe a brick of your right. face. <laughs> I Snow think, White lives with seven short men who all live together and don't seem to have any attraction to her whatsoever. Whatsoever. Mm. Whatsoever. And they're yeah. elementals. Yeah. Very, very progressive. It's very progressive. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like there's, there's so man. And those are just archetypes, you know? Grimm's fairy tales, like Disney stole a bunch of them and like made the greatest animated movies of all time. Agreed. Sleeping Beauty, uh, Snow White, fuck man. Alice in Wonderland, he was like, wow, that person was on acid. Let's do Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> oh, acid. Oh, acid. acid. You open up so many doors. It did help me on my spiritual journey. So you prayed and a, and a tornado Stop. either jumped or it reversed its torsion field mm-hmm. and, 
and stop. And you can imagine that your prayers was also being added to the people around you who were scared out of their of minds. Course. And they were also like, please stop this yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't the trick and isn't like all religion, like the, the how to get into that pocket, how to get into the perfect zone of where you know your, your prayer is going to be accepted by the invisible or mm-hmm. by a source if you believe that. <clears throat> and return to you as a change in physical, what we call physical, but you know we can call it holographic reality, that there is a congruence because prayer is universal amongst you know, almost every religion it, going back into like the beginning of recorded history. And it's just like, well, we all came to the conclusion of us asking mentally for something mm-hmm. and then something happening that was favorable to the degree that sciences, <laughs> religious sciences, like were bred from them. Yes. The only contention, contentious point seems to be people that were the absolute best at them, the messiahs and the buddhas right. that originated them, the people that actually knew what it was doing. They were just stayed in the And all the, all the bumpkins afterward were like, yeah. well, I think he meant this, you know? <laughs> and they started getting into debates as opposed Ruining to like knowing how to do it. <laughs> and um, how, do you, how do you pray? What zone do you get in when you decide oh, to do your mantras? Or Oh, man, it depends on the objective. If okay. I'm trying to change something in physical reality, I have like multiple consciousness tools that I picked up over over the years, multiple metaphysical uh, cosmologies that are like fucking way out there in a lot of ways and very multidimensional. There's different, like, like if you studied Kabbalah, like there's different tones and sounds that access different sephirot or dimensions of reality and you have to combine a sound with a particular vision or a particular thought that you want to manifest. Yeah, baby frequency. Match that shit. Match that shit. And it has to be the right key, but there's ancient there's ancient ways of doing that, and now there's kind of what they call new agey, recently channeled new ways of, of using thought and vibration and word in order to make things happen. I use especially the phrase I am. Yeah, it's huge. Because that's, according to my research, God's name. So when you're saying, I am this, I am that I am, I am that, then it's only a matter of linear time before I see it in this reality. And like being very careful with what you say after I am is very, it's like having an atom bomb in your pocket, you know, like, and people use it the wrong way and smash themselves in the face with that frying pan all the time because they're going like, I'm sick and tired. Right. And then they are. And they don't realize the power of that phrase. So I, I use I am very often. I use crystal clear um, thoughts and thought forms, like the ideals. People think in terms of negotiation, like they're going to get some, I'm going to get some. What would be the ideal? What's mm. the absolute perfect thing? And your mind will supply at least a template for what perfection, as you can conceive it, looks like. I aim for Jupiter because then go. at least I'll hit the moon. <laughs> if you nice. aim for the moon, that shit might fall short in the atmosphere. <laughs> I love it. So I aim for beyond the moon. If you want a million dollars, I ask for a hundred million dollars. Yep. And then, you know, you got to let it play out through linearity and might not be your destiny to control and wield that kind of because there's all kinds of karma. Right. So there's all of these things like you have to check your own desires. Mm-hmm. Like where's this coming from? Is it selfish? Sometimes the answer is, is no. It, yeah, sometimes the answer is because God's like a, a big parent that just goes, no, <laughs> idiot, you know. <laughs> At least God calls me an idiot from time to time because yeah. I act like one. We're down here in this dimension for a reason. <laughs> it's because yeah. we violated the law of love and we still haven't gotten the goddamn clue yet. So like we're <laughs> negotiating with, you know, 
figuring out like, oh, if I'm just love, that's the cheat code. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we have an intellect that doesn't operate on that system. Right. <laughs> it works on division, dividing things and then relating them like a thread. So like when I, when I try to go like, I really want to manifest this, you got to ask like, maybe that's not good for you. And God definitely knows if it is or isn't. And I have other ways of testing information. Am I supposed to do this? There's muscle testing is one way. Mm. Using a pendulum is an ancient way that people used to do it. Uh, I have a gypsy heritage from way back on my dad's side and like using tarot cards to try to get information from your subconscious mind, which is connected to your soul. And you could see like if like you can organize your your information in a certain way and adjust it from there. Mm. So there's, there's so many uh, dimensions to that question. And it just depends on the scenario. Like if it's like, oh, we got an unfavorable situation that is probably being co-created by a bunch of people, a bunch of people that are expecting the worst <laughs> during a time when a lot of things can go wrong. You have to somehow counter that energy, you know, and if there's a lot of people thinking that, you know, like, oh, the economy is going to go down. You have to put an inverse wave of that to at least cancel what everybody else is trying to do it, or at the very least, as they're experiencing the depression, you'll experience the prosperity, unfortunately for them. Uh, but their but their co-creation won't be included in your reality. Like almost like you got Ariadne's string and you know how to navigate the labyrinth while everybody else is dropping into the pits. You'll, you'll have that kind of GPS. Right. Asking, <clears throat> I ask God specifically, hey, source, specifically for guidance, awareness, enlightenment, inspiration. You know, if you don't have the inf- ask, if you don't have the information, ask for the information. If you don't have the clarity, you ask for the clarity. Well, that's, that's where a lot of people go wrong. That's a is prayer they, without ego. Like, like ma- making sure your ego is <laughs> Yeah, right. Making sure your ego isn't the one sending the prayer. I check for that. Right. While I'm na- doing looking over this information, should I even ask for this? Yeah. What part of me is asking for this? Is it my ego or is it my soul? I think I recently learned that if you ask for which direction I go, you have, you'll have more success yeah. a- along that road. And that's what I was telling you earlier is, is going with the flow in my life has had more success for me than trying to make anything happen. Yes. Like being like, am I the best person I can be to be able to shift left or right at the critical junction? Yes. Like a running yeah. back and you got linebackers coming at you be like, do right. I go to the sideline? Do I bounce behind this blocker? Or the lineman made the open hole. Right? Yeah. yeah. And you go, do I go to that hole or am I going to get capsized? If I do, do I bounce outside? Right. And they have to make that decision on an unconscious level in a split second. Mm-hmm. But if you learn how to train yourself, how to sniff out, you know, like where your soul takes enough of the joystick and is able to move you in the correct direction and you don't block the original impulse because the soul is the real you. The intellect and the body are instruments of that, of your real self. And we confuse our minds for who we are as opposed to just some data stream and its own entity and of its own right. Man, I hope my avatar is not wearing the Nintendo game glove. That thing sucked. That thing did suck. <laughs> but I kind of, in a way, have the game like that as an inspiration. That's why you somebody saw my hands moving around. I was just like testing information because I'm very kid aesthetic. And the power glove, you know, it didn't work power well. Oh, you right. remember that? <laughs> Anybody seen The Wiz? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shout out to Wonder Years, dude. <laughs> Go Kevin Arnold. Uh, yeah. And that's I, just it. How good's your software? And you can update your software. And people are like, well, what's the solution with the prayer? The the prolonged attention that you put on whatever you think is is divinity, your individuated divinity, your soul, or on the creation itself, 
the prolonging, the prolonged attention to that light increases unconsciously your connection to all of those things and streamlines the process with that you having to consciously know which thought to do without consciously having like, do I go like, like you don't have to do that decision making. I gave up my individual will a long time ago. Mm. Like after I learned a specific thing, I realized, oh, I'm the avatar. I'm not the player. (laughs) I'm the one on the screen. I'd, I'd be a fucking asshole to be like, I'm just going to go left. Like, there's a reason the player created me in order to be at this time, at this junction, and be this character. Surrender. I gave the controller me. up to him yeah. and said, you tell me, left, right, what, what do you want? Do you want me to take the five freeway or the 163? Do you want me? And I have ways of being able to get that information in a unique way. But I sought that because I want to be able to make the correct choice i want the choice of my soul to be what is done that's truly what it means to be like your will not mine mm-hmm. and i gave up on my will a long time ago because i kept like you said <laughs> grabbing the wheel and right. crashing the goddamn car into a wall because yeah. i'm like i know what i want i have no clue and i have no i don't know what the fuck i'm doing right. none of us do and if people say i know what i'm doing run yeah because they're going to lead you straight to hell right off the cliff that's the blind leading the blind. They think they know what they're doing. They don't. But you know what does? Has the answer to all the tests. Has the, the storehouse of all your goodies and treasures and all your blessings. Love. Is, is love and your soul. It can, oh, can yeah. literally, the, the part of you that is divine and beating your heart. So if you're intelligent, eventually you go to that and go, hey, bud, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want me to marry this girl? <laughs> do you want me to go and get this job? What am I supposed to do? Should I learn how to train horses? Just tell me. <laughs> I'm getting horse horse training thoughts. <laughs> Is this you or my ego? It's like, it's your fucking ego, bro. That's just a lot of poop and a lot of bullshit, bro. I'm like, okay, horses, you know, seem like a passion, but I'm just going to watch it on ESPN. I have, uh, I have success with, um, with gratefulness uh, to the point to where I've, I've, I've toyed with it uh, to the extreme of, there are times where, and, and this this is starts in my Mormon upbringing as well. Gratitude is it, it, so yeah, Christian. I yeah, love it. Right, you start off thinking God was there teach their, their teachings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, thank you for my parents and everything that you have. You can go down the list as yeah. the list as long as you can and try to practice thinking about being grateful. And I've heard you talk about that with your gratefulness diaries. Yeah, it's know? a cheat code, man, for yeah. sure. So I I try to take it to the extreme of sometimes, I'll call my friend God or Jesus and I'll say, mm-hmm. how are you doing? And, or, oh. end, or, or end the prayer with, I hope you have a great week. Right? right. And I know time probably doesn't work differently for whatever, whoever I'm talking to. And I, I just, I laugh to myself. And of course, some people are going to think, well, you're only doing that to get something out of it. And you have to actually consciously think about being genuine about these kinds of things with your intentions. Yeah. With your gratefulness, you have you have to really just be grateful to be grateful. So yeah, I, I've thought about that, but that's deep as hell. Take I'll, that in, everybody, real quick, <laughs> real quick. Just sauteing that shit. You have to be grateful for being grateful. And now, dude, you make so much more sense to me because I was like, what is it about this guy, Chad, that like you have this massive, like uplifting positivity to you that just seems like an ingrained part of your programming? It's fucking gratitude. That's what it is. Sincere shit. gratitude. Sincere gratitude. If you do it long enough, even if it's insincere, over time, the grow. gifts that you're given from the universe and the narrow escapes that you have will give you like reason to go, oh, thank you. Right. You know, and you realize that that thank you is just an echo 
of all the thousands of thank yous you did before, man. And I'll tell you right now, like I didn't. Like you could see it in me and Jordan and like some other people. Like we have a different <clears throat> emphasis, but I realized I had a massive issue with gratitude. I just, I'd get something and I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That should be there. That should have been there anyway. Times in my life, I've, I've been like, gimme, 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 <clears throat> gimme, gimme, you know, or or even times where I said, you know, F you, God, you know, there's been plenty. Oh, man. I've been through yeah. quite the journey. It's not of course, as dude. consistent. It's bumpy. Yeah. It's hard to be grateful for the shit that doesn't go well. But if you can't imagine if there was something, someone, an entity, a group, whatever, aliens up there who could hear our prayers. Elohim. Right. <laughs> Creator gods. And uh, they were up there, and they were just listening to all these needy, whiny prayers. And there was right. one that was like, hey, how are you doing? Right. That's the guy I'm paying attention to. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, open the gift chute. <laughs> Get that guy a sirloin. I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, uh, that's uh, you know, I, I think uh, having the... The welfare of every soul on the planet or the universe or the or the whatever this is is could, could be pretty stressful so you know if whoever it is whoever wants to talk to me and, and tell me you know man this sucks i just need someone to listen i'm here for you bartender God. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're like a priest that gets tipped dude so when i meet other mormons they're like did you go on your mission right right and, and i like to say uh, I went. Uh, I went undercover. Undercover, I'm, yeah, yo. I'm, I'm, I'm with the Gentiles. I, I bartend and I try to spread the spirit. Do they call non non Normans Gentiles they as do. well? They totally appropriate. So they that do. Shit. They go. They they're very Hebrew. Yeah, um, they, and they actually like to take even amounts. I think they're the influence that made me want to read about other religions. Because living in Texas, there was a lot right. of knocking on your door from other religions, or you go to your friend's sure. church, and there's a lot of fire and brimstone. Don't go there. Watch out from the temptation. But the Mormons were like, no, go check it out. Right? Right. And Amish we, are the same. And you're going to come back, and you're going to realize this is the truth. And I was like, the balls on this religion, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But I took them seriously. <sighs> I did read about other religions and that made me see a bigger picture than what the mormonism was trying to give me or sell me or whatever you want to think about right. that and then why i moved on um, from that particular was it the life. condemnation aspect was it like when you realize you're just like i'm not connecting emotionally to what what they're doing the rituals in the underwear I could is it be. like <laughs> yeah I, I could be uh i could the, be, Ma- the masonic handshakes i could be <laughs> both honest with myself and say man they put in a lot of work you know with the the underwear and the, the constant service to each other and i i enjoy uh they take care of each other so i enjoy building fences for people who maybe had a spouse die or they were older or um you know i i, I enjoy all the work that we did uh but the going on the two-year mission, can't even hug a girl, can't go swimming because Satan lives in the water. Um, what? Yeah. That's, yeah. So they think that Satan's domain is aquatic? Right. Well, that's that's one of those... Interesting. Uh, that's one of those um, wide-reaching um, religious commonalities is, I personally think, because the flood was such a traumatic experience and all it would have taken oh. was an underground volcano to maybe melt those, melt those ice caps or... Or a, yeah. a, not, not a supernova, a solar flare, or any kind of radiation. Mm-hmm. Microwaves, right? Microwaves don't hurt us, but they agitate water and heat up. You yes. Know, th- there's, there's many possible explanations for why the Ice Age ended so rapidly. Right. And um, so, you know, lots of, lots of water is bad in lots of religions, including Mormonism. that says Satan has domain 
over the water. You can't go swimming on your mission. Wow. And maybe that's why they bless water all the time is because they think it's, it has an aspect of antichrist to it. Good call. That's intriguing. Intriguing. And I know like by just doing like regular research, like that they do handshakes, like Joseph Smith had secret handshakes that he did where like you're he touching a, a knuckle yeah. or, but that he was a Freemason and he incorporated that into that. Like all the Mormons I know are like impressed when I like do like it. They get all like touch the knuckle. they be like, Oh shit. How'd you know about that? that? And they're like, you know, the secret. Hand. He's like, I was like, I know you guys have, there's so many cool aspects of different religions that they don't like advertise either out of sanctity or because, you know, I think they'll be judged for it. Mm. Um, the Jewish folk. I was trying to get this one gentleman to come on the show, and uh, he converted to Judaism after being Catholic a long time. <clears throat> and I said, you know, I heard by watching American Dad that <laughs> that you guys have a book of magic, like that. There's there's a bunch of different books. There's the Torah, there's uh-huh. the Talmud, and that there's several other um, books compiled by their by their seers. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, but I also hear that there's an alchemy book, that there's Jewish literally mysticism. about yeah. a book of magic. And he's like, we, I don't know, we don't talk about it. <laughs> and I was just like, mother, mother trucker, dude. Yeah. I'm like, that's, I was like, hmm. I was like, that's, that's saucy, dude. I mean, I'm sure like the Kabbalion, you know, and doing Kabbalah and is it's one thing and Tetragrammaton. They have like, they have like all these different layers. Magic of, math. They have magic. They know that math is magic. Right. Like Pythagoras was trying to break down from the Egyptians. He got way too much credit for stealing their info. But that even numbers and even the, their letters have like an energetic correlation. And that they, they can have hidden messages and like all kinds of cool stuff, man. And I'm like, man, Catholics are just, you know. <laughs> just money. I was like, I grew up in the Catholic church and I was money like a cafeteria. They're just... <laughs> condemnation and you eat this wafer and I was like do you got any bean dip homie the lord <laughs> needs some salsa like and I was like Hershey kiss why don't you bless Hershey kisses they're delicious they can melt on the tongue Jesus would have loved Hershey's right. and uh and there's just so many gaps of like why are there Egyptian symbols on the friggin on the altar no we don't really talk about that we don't know you know I was like that looks like hieroglyphics on the on the thing like where they're keeping the bible like where, where why is the where does yeah. Egypt come into play here? And then misusing visualization. You know, we, had, we didn't <clears throat> oh have wine. God. We weren't as cool as y'all, so we had water and bread. Imagine this is the body of Christ. Imagine this is the blood of Christ. Which is know. what he said. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. so, no, no, we're drinking blood now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> this Merlot is blood. Yeah, like, so, but, cool. no, but, but using that power of visualization and imagination. Yes. You know, and... Uh, you know, why do you think uh, some evangelists get so rich? There's so many people looking at them, sharing their energy to them, and giving them that power to be able to reverberate yeah. back out in the world. Just they create, they stir up a lot of emotional energy, right. yeah. which is vibration, yeah. and then they have the thought form, and then they project it out. And yes, do you think if someone can get out of a wheelchair? There was a guy named Harry Reid who was a, a like probably 90... Eight percent of these folks are fake as shit, and they're just like doing temple. Yeah, you compel the Jesus, you know. This guy would literally reach down and pull handicapped kids out of their chair and mm-hmm. be like, and go on. And like, there you go. The power of the word compels you. Like, they, It's the scientific use of the word. It's visualization. It's projecting emotional love to the soul. And, and having absolute, absolute knowledge without any doubt, the demon doubt, absent completely. That yeah, the word completely heals. This is what Ernest Holmes's work was based off of. Florence Shin, there's like all these Christian mystics that like were doing Christian mysticism, but they don't teach that in the Catholic church. I right. think they do to the priests. Like, but 
like Christianity, there was a, a mystic in the 50s, 60s, and 70s named um, Neville Goddard. And he had an unctuous voice like this. And when he would talk, it sounded like the Pink Panther was speaking. And when you use the word, you are using it, your imagination is the Christ. You know, oh. he'd say, the imagination is your faculty of God that was given by God, and that is what shall be. And he would use scripture to back up what he was saying. And I did not even understand the Bible. I thought they were just metaphors. Right. Which, in a way, the way he, he talks about it is, but... Like if you ever read his completed works, like I was like, oh, this is the information all Christians are missing. Yeah. Of every sect. Right. Of every sect. Scientific use of the word I am, how to visualize properly, how to like get out of the way. Faith, belief, the power of those things. And how to increase both of those things. It's like you're increasing a superpower. You know, you ever see like a superhero film, like where they're still trying to like get their fucking chops like spider-man's a great one yeah yeah yeah. the spider-man montage and he's falling off of buildings and shit faith is like that right it's gonna be a long time till you're web slinging and taking down (laughs) robbers and shit um before actually moving mountains with a mustard seed homie that's true i mean though steve rogers was a g like right out of the canister you know like (laughs) you know he popped out and he's like killing nazis right off the bat yeah but uh not everybody but he had already worked on his morals and faith and stuff when he was a scrawny nobody yes and then he just got that injection of the equivalent of the holy spirit and then he became a perfected being and was stomping nazi ass right that's i get a lot of crap for loving superman and captain america respectively from marvel and dc the most and it's not because what kind of crap do people give you well so you know uh well, to nerd out here for a second, they say Please Batman, nerd out, dog. Batman's, I'm with you. <laughs> Batman's darker, better character. And maybe he is. Maybe he's, he's broken. More relatable, all that stuff. I get it. You know, he's he broken. relates to the, the everyman and Superman's an alien and all that stuff. But And he's boring because he's, he's overpowered and all this jazz. But what really gets me about both of these guys is they try to do the right thing every single time. Unless somebody's being brainwashed or hit with red kryptonite or something. Would be in that overpowered where you could take over the world, world easily. Yeah, without even you know, trying. Yeah, right. And not doing it, that kind of self-control, that kind of even Captain America, who in the seventies, the writers didn't believe in this the Vietnam War. Right. So he stopped being Captain America. He rode a motorcycle, went across the country helping people. He called himself Nomad. He had long, beautiful bl- blonde hair. Nah, I remember and, Nomad. Yeah. Right. Captain America stopped being Captain America. Right. To do the right thing, you know, and that yeah. that is hard. That's the hardest thing to do is when everyone else is saying something, and still doing the right thing just for the sake of what you think the right thing is. Even when you're the symbol of that thing, you could be like, I disavow my symbol because that's what's required to do the right thing. Right. I love the Superman that's the truth, you know, and the American way. Mm -hmm. He was a personification of like Hercules, the other, the mythos of Hercules. And the difference is like you take Batman and you take him, two sides of the Justice League, Batman to me is in fact evil. He is he is an evil person and he has to like Dexter, he whereas Dexter kills, Batman has to beat the shit out of out of crazy people. For atonement from his evil. For to to get over to try to satisfy the gap that hit the murder of his parents. Oh yeah. Took it. So his trauma is what drives him to beat the crap out of evil. Here's the weird thing. 
after he's beating the shit out of all the minions, he gets to the main psychopath, the one that's responsible for murdering. Literally, it can be hundreds and thousands of people. Knowing that they're too genius to be held by in Arkham, mm -hmm. he doesn't slay them. Right. He just puts them back in a cage. They come back out. No they murder 500 out. people. Uh -huh. Like They're like walking fentanyl pills. Yeah. And then he's like, and then I'm going to beat him up. And then he's like, but I don't kill. Right. It's okay to give that dude the chair. Give him the Texas. Superman, same thing. I yeah, I mean, I... Superman could just and eventually, like in the in the lore, he ends up killing the Joker mm -hmm. for, Lois, for killing Lois Lane. For killing Lois Lane, yeah. and then Batman has the balls, the fucking balls to jail him for what he should have done, 10, 15, 20 years before, at the cost of tens of thousands of lives. So I feel everyone you know that I own that graphic novel that we're talking about. You right totally now. do. So cool. <laughs> never cool. one issue. It's like fantastic. It's so good. But I never understood like you just Superman should just rip his his head off and then that would be it. Done you know, over. I'm gonna take over his equity and his his assets and you know. <laughs> but because he had two good parents. <laughs> oh shit. Four. Superman had four good parents. Yeah, well, two he had that Martha. Sent, he, he had two that sent him off the planet to save him. There were right. scientists that were trying to save the planet, and they got to stay with him in a holographic form and teach him on that. Side. They they were able to teach him about his heritage. Fortress of solitude. This is the yeah. power of good parenting. Bruce uh -huh. had a butler who would uh -huh. never raise kids, <laughs> no. and a billion dollars. Right. He was a rich kid <laughs> with unlimited resources, <laughs> and thankfully he didn't have a coke habit. He just learned ninjutsu. Yeah. Now he had superpowers with ninjutsu, being a genius. Genius is its own superpower. Oh, and don't money. Even, don't even start me with a genius. Batman fans always go, he's, but he's smarter than Superman. I go, you know what? It doesn't he, matter. No, he's, he's not, though. It's like the comic books he's have not. to do that he's more to make it up. a good story. But Superman can read a book. Boop, I'm done with that 7,000-page book, right? Right. So, so he could read all the books ever written on strategy in a week, flying around the world. He mm -hmm. should be able to be a arena full of Batman at chess all he at can. once at super speed. If he can move at the speed of sound, right. that means he slows down to give Batman a chance. There's absolutely no universe where Batman beats Superman. No, he's not one In a him. regular, if you look at the power sets, you know, we could say Omni-Man of, uh, <laughs> of, um, of Amazon, right? Mm. Like that's his own, and he's a psychopath alien that does take absolute control of the planet right. and does kill entire planets. Superman has that level of power. Because he had Martha and her and and his father and and uh, what was his dad's name again? Uh, uh, Jorel. Oh, the yeah, Jorel. Jorel, right? Because he had constant moral reinforcement. He knew how to utilize power that eclipses Superman's. I mean, eclipses Batman's by many, many fold. Mm -hmm. So having a good heart and in this in the universe, if you want to be given power, the reason we're still stuck on this rock is because we don't learn the law of love. How you be given absolute power of the Christ right. to manifest anything at will unless you were using love as your base program. And because we don't, and we use intellect, which screens that out, right. <laughs> we end up like Batman. We end up beating the shit out of our inner self. And never ourself. finding love. Actually, dude, you just blew my mind right now. That would be an absolute perfect metaphor between the ego, which is Batman, mm -hmm. and the soul, which is Superman. There we go. And Batman thinks he's doing good mm -hmm. by capturing. He's like, I don't, I won't kill him, you know. But I'm, I'm gonna take the Joker and I'm gonna put him in behind bars, knowing full well they're gonna all go back out, and he'll beat the shit out of them, but not quite finish them off. That's and they're part of all, the problem. He's an enabler. Yeah. <laughs> 
he's an enabler. He thinks that murder is like death is the worst thing. It's just like, it's okay to put down a rabid dog. Yeah. Like, and Texas would agree. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, put that motherfucker in the chair. I have uh, gone Superman this far won. in life without killing anything. Me too, dude. I'm so grateful. And you never know until you're in the moment if you can. But, you know, uh, if someone needed to be stopped for my family or something like, like that, I would like to think, as morality goes, I would like to think that I wouldn't hesitate to do the right thing at the right time. Right. Which, in some extreme, rare cases, means blowing someone's fucking head off so that they don't hurt anybody else ever again. Have you ever uh, hunted? I've been hunting. I didn't want to kill any of the animals, so I know how to clean a deer. Not a. Did you end up firing the shot, or did you? No. Did they just teach it like, "Hey, I took it down. Now it's time to clean this baby. We're gonna yeah. have some venison." Right. No, I've just gone out, hang out in the. Deer oh yeah, park. yeah. You know, been quiet and spent uh, time with. You know, not my parents weren't always home. Meditation. So I, had a, I had a lot of uh, different male role models, which I was blessed with. Right. You know, uh, even my dad is my biological dad. You know, so that's. I'm glad I can give that back. I'd be kind of a jerk if I met the lady in my, my dreams right now. And she's like, well, I got three kids. And don't get me wrong. There was a part of me in a moment that was like, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. <laughs> right away. That's like your wife going, honey, it's triplets. You'd be like, how many jobs do I need to go get? Like nine? I'm gonna One just... job for each kid at least. At least. So. <laughs> at least. So, uh, but God yeah. bless them all. Right, no, absolutely. And that but, that's an interesting question. You hear a bump in the night. Mm-hmm. Your three children are asleep. And honey, go you know, go yep. check downstairs. Like what are the I'm sure we all in our minds hope like we wouldn't have to use lethal force. Yeah. But in an instance where you could see that they're armed, mm-hmm. it'd be like And you have to take when you, this when you is a tough question. This, you have to take everything into consideration that most uh, household shootings occur because someone heard a bump in the night, they grabbed the gun, and they shot one of their own family members, right? Right. That so, is an issue. You have to have a little gun training for the whole family. So there has to be a whole <laughs> bunch of if-then questions here. Number yeah. one, is your weapon locked up uh, in a place where your kids... Did you get training? Yes. That's number two. <laughs> Big just, number two, Not dude. just you, but does everyone in the house have some Understand. form of... What this is, yeah. don't be afraid of it. Know more about it because knowledge is the killer of fear. You know, the more Absolutely. the more you know about something, the less you can be afraid of it or, or want to play with it or want to get away. You know, mm-hmm. with it. and no hiding place is good enough. I don't care who you are. You need a safe because I found your kids will get it. My parents' gun and we played with my parents' gun and we're lucky we didn't blow each other's head off. So lucky, man. And we weren't tall enough. We stood on the bed and we found it. You know, mm-hmm. on top of their their huge back bed. Oh my God! Yeah, it's so right. loose, guys. Big old, dirty, hairy, silver, uh, you know, magnum. Big old revolver, yeah. huh? Yeah. Oh shit, dude! It's so lucky. Yeah. You kids are all right. Oh yeah, yeah, we were pretty good. Because I mean, we've been thinking about it. Like I've been watching a lot of episodes of Meat Eater, mm. and I am a meat eater. You know, I was like, there is something to, you know, getting your own game food because there is no hormones in it. You're eating natural food if you take down an elk or you take down a deer. Good call. So many things health-wise if you're going to eat red meat of how to do it. And it's respect. You know, you don't trophy hunt. You, you do it. So I was like, okay, I'm getting more and more into the concept of gun ownership. I am not against eating what you kill. I am oh, against going that. and Please killing do. something just to discard their body pur- with no purpose and put their head on your wall. I'm against that. I'm against trophy hunting. Right, exactly. Absolutely. But, I mean, Joe Rogan kind of like, 
turned me around on it. And I watched the Steve Ranella, like his Ranella and his his shows, and I was just like, dang. And he's showing how to clean it and all that. And I'm like, oh, I hear my ancestors in my in the back <laughs> of my kill it. You know, <laughs> they were like sharpshooters back in the day, banned from hunting because the they were so good. Eat the heart of the oddball. Eat the heart of the oddball. You want to get that fat right behind the eyeball. It tastes just like bread. Tastes just like bread. You want to try it? You want to eat the callow? You want to try this callow? Tastes like candle wax. You got to get them from neck to nuts. So, like, being able to clean animal, it's like there's so much layers of respect that go down with that. And, you know, vegetarians will disagree if they're moral vegetarians. Mm. But um, everything suffers on the way to the plate. So, I've, I've been looking at, you know, like, maybe I'll buy a rifle. You know, which is clumsy if there's a home invasion. Mm-hmm. And I've often thought, like, if there is a home invasion, what kind of? I used to have a kunai knife, like a ninja, you know, on my bedside yeah. that I got you could throw. Yes, yeah, see, I don't have any of that yet. And I'm like, I need to stock up on something. And people are getting a little crazier. You know, I want to be able to lop and limb off if I have to. Like, I'm sorry, dude. It's California. I'll go pick your arm up. We'll put it in a nice. We'll take you back. Is obviously to hide yeah. from the kids, but. Wherever a bad guy can find a knife, I know where there's a bigger one. A bigger one. See, yeah. that's what I, and I was like, maybe I'll get a revolver. And even Abby's like, oh, I'll go to gun training class. So I was immediately like, you're going to have to get training with this so mm-hmm. something doesn't go amiss. Good. But there would be like one revolver, there'd be like one nine millimeter and, you know, next, you know, near the bed. We don't have any kids. So it'd be like, we know not to fuck around. <laughs> and the, the clip would not be in the gun. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Nothing, of nothing course. in the chamber. No. Yeah. But I've actually started thinking about, because I've always wanted to do this. And I've been really drawn to it. Bow and arrows. Mm-hmm. We have I one. think that would be scary as shit if an invader came in and all of a sudden you hear, yeah. <laughs> and he looks down and there's an arrow sprouting from his chest. Be like, and it's silent. In so the home of throwing stars, we actually have ones that are Batman Do you have shrooken? I do. They, that they, is they, they, fucking they're sweet. They're shaped like bat wings. You can come see them. Okay, Batman just you just got a few bonus points for me. Oh, <laughs> weapons wise, Batman wins. Yeah, oh, oh, he's sure. a weapon because he yeah. needs them. Other guys laser eyes. Right. Superman has built in everything and so. can just fly through his chest if he wanted to. <laughs> uh, so really, no, not a contest there. Yeah, no. If, if you ever want, to, <laughs> if, if you especially going over the California legal stuff about safe and how locked your guns need to be, uh, the, the the car I drove here when you're allowed to use them exactly you know. is a hatchback. So that means. Since I don't have a trunk, my uh, ammo and my gun have to be locked up separately. Which is crazy. I mean... How are you going to access it in an emergency? I've timed myself on getting there. And, you know, Mm. Bernice, she's also spent a long time in a... You know, she's from Texas as well. Oh, okay. So she knows. She's got training. So we have a system. You know, if she needs to hop over the back, unlock, give me the gun, et cetera. Oh, sick. She has one of her own as well. That's some teamwork, folks. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, there's, there's, I wouldn't say ways around, but ways to deal with these things that are supposed to make us safe, which is fine. Right. Um, you know, have a gun safe, but it can be like the kind that reads your thumbprint. I've seen those, like to get the Glock, like on the side of the bed yeah. and, and do that. Because statistically, there is no argument for kids will find it. You yeah. are probably going to shoot somebody you know and love in the middle of the night if you don't have training. You know, like, if yeah. you're going to do this, it's got to be done the right way. So I kind of understand <sighs> some of the... The model I'm thinking about all the time is Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Switzerland has a law where every man and woman that's out of adult age has to keep an M15. Sorry, I'm probably saying it wrong. Like no, that's the, okay. no, like a semi a semi-automatic like automatic rifle AR AR15. Uh, AR excuse me. That's, okay. that's all right. I'm sorry for the gun owners here. I'll slap myself. No, there we right. go. I'm not allowed to do that. AR15, which are only $1100 ironically on the internet, and they are required by law to have one 
in their event, as well as each have a pistol, each have a handgun that's semi-automatic. Every man, woman, like in the children, they have a national holiday where for th- a week they take the they take work off and they take uh, school is closed, and all of the children are put in gun safety classes mm. the entire time and taken for a range for like training with BB guns, and like it's just gun education week, and all the men and women are required by law to disassemble, clean their gun, perform it on the range oh, a specific number of times. That's sexy. Oh, it's so hot, man. Cleaning so like, a gun there's is, probably is so many babies awesome. created like right afterwards. Yeah, it's like, like, fuck, dude. Greta looked good with that gun in her hand earlier. It's the pride you have of cleaning your own weapon and knowing yeah. how this machine works. They have zero gun deaths, zero murders in Switzerland because you have to be a crazy motherfucker to yeah. either rob somebody at gunpoint or right. you'll get iced. <laughs> you'll be gunned down in That's a blaze a of bullets. That's a gun. Nah, this is a gun, mate. <laughs> and, and they are all gun experts because ever since World War II, that's been the law. They're like, we are ready for invasion and we will fuck you up. Even our kids right. will know how to be there. The Nazis did not fuck with them. Right, no. Because they knew they would be, they'd be fucked up. Because even the children are are sharpshooters, <laughs> growing up. So by the time they like, it's like a big thing. Like you're 16 now, you're 18. We're gonna go get you an automatic weapon. Because <laughs> now you're a man, you got to keep one in your closet just in case we're invaded and we need to ice a bunch of invaders. <laughs> zero gun deaths, zero wow. murders, and the the you know the theft rate is pretty low. I believe it. <laughs> so. Our nation used to be built upon gun knowledge. Mm-hmm. And every, you know, since you were a small kid, you were handling weapons. BB gun when you were trying to learn it, 22. And then you'd have to, whether it was a musket or whatever, your father, you'd have to go out hunting with him. He'd teach you how to kill and clean animals. Mm-hmm. And we, every single young man had that knowledge. And a lot of the women did. I don't think you had as many accidental gun deaths because it's always education. Here's how you handle it. You never point it at a human. It you solves never... most problems. Education does solve most problems, dude. It really does. Ignorance makes fear, which gets your anxiety all up, which means you come up with a terrible, uneducated idea, which makes you talk (laughs) other people into this terrible, uneducated idea. At any point, education about all these things. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't invade Switzerland either to be like... Are you serious? We're going to invade Switzerland? No, they have little parkour babies. So, so yeah. you just also know how to shoot sniper the, rifles. The ladies, yes, the ladies alone don't turn you into, excuse me for saying it, Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese, yes, you yes, ass. Yeah. We're not going to Switzerland. We're not going to fuck with that country. All right? It's just like saying you don't mess with Texas right. because everyone's armed to the gills. Yeah, if you take away uh, atomic bombs, your, your invasion is going to get about halfway to the to the south. You know, and, you know God... God forgive them with their ignorance and all the backwards things that some of them believe. I, I wish it's it's really not as the ignorance really isn't as rampant as people think. It's just that those are the people that vote, the people who have a level head on their shoulders right. in those southern states mm-hmm. feel like their vote doesn't matter, so they're not heard, so their political voices are so embarrassing. Well, if they live in Arizona, then that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Maricopa County, you cheating motherfuckers. Long live Cary Lake. <laughs> Shots fired, bitch. Wait, where's your butt? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I know, go. I should have a... <laughs> Liar! 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 <laughs> I don't think it means what you think it means. I don't think it means what you think it means. I don't think it means what you think it means. Also my favorite movie. 
all time, right? Yep. That's number one with yep. my... I can say romantic comedy. I can put it in those categories, but it, it's my number one favorite movie of all time. Goddamn. I got like a, a top ten that... Uh, I'm going to have to have you back on the podcast to talk about more of the uh, yes. pop culture, baby, because I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, I hope all you listeners have, too. It's kind of swerved all over the place from the metaphysical to the munition. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to <laughs> Welcome to Spiritual Healing with Josh. Now, guns. <laughs> you know the quickest way to enlightenment. <laughs> yes. Let me send you straight to Jesus. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have answers for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, there, there's no there's no attaining the good without learning about the bad and sometimes you yeah. have to fight against the bad too and and you know fisticuffs and weapons is not always the right answer you should have no. every other yeah, step resort. on the way there but if you run out of ways to fight bad things you have to be prepared to fight they're engaging you violently especially in that yeah. moment yeah. Even gurus, even like enlightened yogis like Satchisai Baba was like, if someone is attacking your physical body mm-hmm. and you have to take his life, there's no penalty for that. Yeah. It was like, and I am on the highest dimension. <laughs> and he'd be like, there isn't. You can protect yourself. You're allowed to protect yourself. I think somebody who's even hates guns, hate their ideas, hates everything about mm-hmm. them, wish that they have to realize what world they live in. And if a gun was dropped at their feet and they had the chance to take someone out who was shooting a whole bunch of people, I think... Just happened in Colorado hate. Springs, right? Right. I got army training and he beat the shit right. out of that dude. <laughs> he beat the hammered shit out of the, the, uh, the attacker. And I was wondering, like, is that an MK Ultra kind of fucking guy? You know, did someone get activated by the CIA? You know, the, you know that, that Jason Bourne is based on, like, that, that program, MK Ultra. Oh. They basically brainwash people, normal people especially, into munitions training and going, and if they hear a signal word, there was also one in, like, American Ultra. Man, the I guys hope I just, find my signal word. <laughs> it's like Albuquerque, Saskatchewan, and he'd be like, and they're just like, time to grab my AK, and like, where that was a hidden. That was my childhood dream. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> what was that to have like a secret code where you just activate in a bond no, bond just, mode? You know, not have to go through all the karate training I went through, not have to read all the books that I had to read. It's just that somebody somewhere would just give me these powers of being able to mess people. Back this is back when I thought I was going to be in the military. Right. Right. You know, back when I thought I was going to be a pilot or a mercenary, or I thought killing people was super. I was close. Cool. I was sleeping in my car, and I was like, you know, I could snipe people at twelve hundred yards for a living. Free meals. They pay yeah, really like, well. Yeah. You know, usually you're in a desert or a jungle or some shit, so it's not savory. But <laughs> glad I got to skate over. I'm glad neither of us has killed a living creature. Amen. That's like I did I run think over rare. a rabbit one time. Had it coming. <laughs> Fucking rabbit had it coming. I'm kidding. That bunny wanted to be a, a Doberman, you know, cocker spaniel or something like that. I was like, I'm tired of all this sex, and you know, and my friends getting picked off by animals. I'm just, I'm just gonna live with a rich fat lady and just fucking live that bunny frou frou life. Um. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I've uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm glad you could join join me for this, and I uh, hope it's not the last time. Because uh, I have so much more to ask you and tell you and to to learn from you and and uh, oh. and to nerd out about. So oh yeah, oh there will be nerding. There will be an entire like movie thing. I wish I had an extra microphone and Jordan was here right now. Yeah, I know oh. he got into town right now. No kidding. But I was like, I have a top ten. I have a top ten movies all time. You're not allowed to put Godfather on it because that's like saying Pink Floyd, right? Uh, yeah. 
Godfather One is just basically its own territory. Mm-hmm. But past that, you know, Princess Bride's pretty much my number one. Goonies is on there. Mm. <clears throat> there's a there's a couple a couple sweet ones. God, it's just, I'm such a cinephile that it's like it's like when I go to the jukebox to pick a a song, all of everything that I like hits me at once, and I can't even, decide which one. Yeah, I get frozen. <laughs> Same thing talking about movies. I, I've seen so many. I love so many. You say the word movie, what's your favorite? And I go, yeah. That's, that's all I got. Depend be like, what genre? What kind of mood you in? Yeah. <coughs> okay. Yep. That's right, folks. Cough, cough. On that note, I just want to tell all of you, thank you for listening to this podcast. I love each and every one of you. I hope your life is filled with light and love, which is the cheat code to the entire game, by the way. If you just love people and love everything around you, you will live a miracle life. And all of your enemies won't even come. They'll go to your, unfortunately, to your neighbor's house. <laughs> they won't come through your front door because <laughs> there's too much love. And they'll be like, mm. I, I say this many times, and I'll probably say it again. When Jesus said to love your enemies, he wasn't trying to say can be compassionate with them. He wasn't saying have empathy for them. He was giving you the key to how to defeat them how to take them down. Because if you use even the force that we're talking about, that means at some point we allowed in the scenario of an invader into our home or into our life that someone had the ability to do that. But if you put out enough love, that invader will go to someone else's house and hopefully someone armed to the teeth and have that karmic interaction with them. <laughs> Lessons get taught in so many ways. True. Uh, so let's hope that it has to be through bloodshed. Let it be through grace. Amen. Try to think of what's perfect in your life and, like Chad, give immense gratitude to it. Muji says to say thank you 1,000 times a day inside your head. You'll start to feel it and you'll mean it by about 550. You'll feel that thumping in your chest and everything around you will look like you're on mushrooms. Not that I know about such things. Anyway, I love... Oh, sorry. God, there's that lady again. I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. You know. Anyway, <laughs> I love you all. Have a beautiful night. He's Mr. Woo Woo. I'm Mr. Woo Woo, and uh, thank you for joining us. Peace.